man, it's awesome. All right, so 2018, how many of you guys are resolution makers? All right, give me, give me a resolution or two. Just throw one at me. Come on, Beth. What do you got? Better time management? Okay, good deal. Anybody else got one? Come on, one more. Give me one more. Brandon, what do you got? Get in shape? Get in better shape? Okay, there you go. That, that, that's more positive, right? I'm in shape. I want to get in better shape. Awesome. Now, some of you know Jimmy Fallon, not personally, but you know the show. Um, these are, he does a revolution fail hashtag thing. This is not from his show. There's one at the end that is, but here's a few that um, I thought would be good to help us understand what really happens during like, this time of year. So what's the first one here? The bad feeling you get when you realize you left your healthy lunch on the kitchen counter this morning. Resolution fail. Uh, me, resolves to yell at kids less. Also me, threatens psychiatric testing to see if boys are actual sociopaths after they pick on their sister one too many times. Resolution fail. How many days are we into 2018? Whatever the number, that's how many days I failed at get, getting to bed earlier. Not drinking soda. Over and done in one day. Resolution fail. Awesome. It's only the beginning of the year and I already skipped the gym yesterday for no reason. Lazy forever. I love that. Next one, tomorrow marks the first week of 2018, and I have not started any of my resolutions. Better wait until next year. Nice, nice. This one's from Jimmy Fallon. My resolution was to, to make better decisions. Four days later, I got stuck in a baby swing and had to call the fire department to get me out. Resolution fail. I love those. I love those. You know, the real truth is, is that what we really want is we want our lives to get better this year. Right? No one really wants to repeat 2017. We want to progress. We want to take some steps. We want to advance, and we want to do better, and we want to have, we have all these different things, but we get derailed, derailed so many times and in so many ways, and it's so easy for that to happen, right? Um, a lot of times we have these goals, but we somehow have these pitfalls. We, we may feel like we don't have enough time, like we don't have enough time to spend with our family. We don't have enough time to spend with um, on the things that matter most to us. Uh, maybe we feel like we don't have enough money. We don't have enough money to maybe start the business we really want to start, or we don't have enough money to get out of the debt that we have. Or maybe we feel like we don't have enough um, knowledge, enough knowledge to start whatever we want to start, or enough knowledge to get out of the hole that we're in. And so it can be kind of defeating. It can be kind of hard to say, okay, I really want to change this year, but it's going to be tough because there's all these things that are working against me. And seriously, we have a lot that we, like, we'll talk about and we'll have even in our heads. And so there's things like we want to lose weight, we want to eat healthier, be a better person, we want to spend less, save more. Maybe we want to deepen our relationship with God. Maybe we want to spend more time with family and friends. We want to exercise more often. We want to learn something new. Maybe we want to do more good deeds for others, or we want to find the love of our lives, right? Or maybe you want to unfind the love of your life. Um, no, 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 never, never. Um, maybe you want to find a better job. You know, and all these things are things that we really want. And, you know, I believe, um, like I've said before, that today is an opportunity for us to look at Scripture, but also to look at the next year, because we have a special opportunity right now. I get it, it's January 7th, but we have the entire year. You have, you have the most amount of year left right now, today, than you will ever in this year. And so we have an opportunity to say, okay, so what is, what is this next year going to look like? 
and how, what does God say about what our priorities should be? We're going to be hanging out in the book of Mark in chapter 8. We're going to bounce to Psalm 49, and then we're going to be in Matthew 16. We're going to cruise through this, and I really am excited about what God has for you. And I'm going to challenge you right now, and, and we kind of get, this is one of those where we dive right in and we start running. Like, we're not going to waste time in 2018. We're going to jump in and we're going to run. So what I'm going to challenge you to do is I want you to, cha- to challenge yourself and think about your priorities for this year. Think about your priorities for this year. What should that be? And what is your commitment going to be to those priorities? And so before I read from Mark, let's pray. Heavenly Father and Holy Spirit, we invite you into this room. Lord, you have been here all night long. You have been speaking to those that have been praying for hours, Lord God. And we've had so many good moments of prayer time and connection with you. And now, Lord, we've walked in, some of us, um, from a cold day to just come before you and, and not even really knowing what to expect today. But Lord, we know that there's been a lot that's happened in 2017, a lot of stuff we can't undo, but a lot of stuff that we need to leave behind. A lot of things that we need to say, okay, now new chapter, we're going to hit the reset button, we're going to learn from what happened in the past, and we're going to move forward. And Lord, I pray that you would help us be sensitive and focused on what our priority would be and help us to make some commitments today. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So Mark 8, 34 through 38 says this. This is Jesus. He says, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is, is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So this passage is probably, if you've been around church for a while, this is a passage that you may have heard before. And it's really kind of got three or four sections to it, and let's unpack those just a bit, and we're going to focus in a second. So here here we go. He says to kick it off, if you want to be a disciple of me, if you want to follow Jesus, what you have to do is deny yourself. And what we kind of do is we kind of put into that, like uh, throw that all in a bucket of giving up things. Like we're to give up, you know, um, pleasure or vices or whatever, and, and to kind of like not have as much things and just deny ourselves and kind of live as a monk or a nun. And my point here is that's not necessarily bad. There's some things that we need to give up for sure. There's some things that it's good for us to cut out of our life. There's some things this year that we need to quit. But really what this message, what this passage is saying, what he was saying was this, that we are to turn away from being self-centered. It's not as much about giving up stuff. It's more about giving up on being selfish. It's about turning away from that self-centeredness. And he says to deny themselves and then take up their cross. Now, I don't know about you, but um, I don't necessarily feel like I have a cross to like, pick up and, and carry around. But Jesus was using a very common illustration, or not even illustration, but visual picture because of what was happening in that culture at that time. This was a way that the Romans were executing people at that time. 
criminals that had done things against the government. And so Jesus used that, that picture, that, that kind of reference to help people understand what was happening. And, and so the picture that you should have is a criminal that's, that's walking through a, uh, a, a city street that's carrying part of their cross who has committed crimes against the government and is doing this, this bearing of their cross out of obedience and under the authority of the government that they've rebelled against. And they're carrying that cross to their place of execution. Now, the parallel for us is that we are, we are in some similar ways that we have rebelled against God. You know, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so now we, we are within a kingdom where we have, we have sinned against God. Now, do we carry that anymore? Not when we've surrendered to God. There's a new day. There's a new freedom. And, and, but this is kind of the idea that we're, we're kind of like bearing part of our story a little bit as we walk through our life. And then he says this. He says, you need to carry their cross and then you need to follow me, to follow Jesus. Now, a couple of things about this passage. Number one, in the Greek, what this is kind of talking about is the fact that um, denying yourself and, and bearing your cross are kind of like definitive moments in your life. So you think about, it's, it's not necessarily meant to be an ongoing thing, but it's really a definitive moment that where you say, I am crossing a line, I am choosing to deny myself, I'm, I'm turning away from self-centeredness, and I'm going to live a life of bearing my cross and going to be, live an unselfish life. Now, the follow me is a different way that, that the Greek language works. And the follow me is more of a daily following of Christ. And so there's more of an active um, attribute to that. So an interesting thing, some of us, we may struggle with certain things. And the reason may be because we haven't put those things to rest in a definitive way. We've chosen to kind of hold on to some stuff. And maybe, maybe we've chosen to be like, well, today I'm having a good day. I'm not going to be selfish. And tomorrow it's kind of like, I don't know. And there's a, there's a moment when we need to kind of rise up and allow our, our belief and our surrender to God to be at that level, to be a definitive statement. And some of you are going to make that statement today. And then others of us are like, you know what? I, I'm not daily following. I'm not daily following. I need to challenge myself on that. So that's, that's kind of that passage. And then it says, Forever, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. So this is really kind of a play on words that Jesus is doing because obviously there's a reference here to our lives. This is the, our heartbeat, our life, the way that we are moving through this um, world. And he's saying, you know, there is a, a losing of your life. There's going to be death. But here's the thing. He's also referencing all of our life. That everything who we are, if we choose to live a self-centered life and we choose to point everything back to us now, we lose all of who we are later. But if we choose with our all of who we are to live unselfishly, we gain all of who we are and we gain an eternal peace to our soul later. And so this is the, this is the kind of the back and the forth of what Jesus is saying. Now, when you look at this, he, he throws down a couple of rhetorical questions here. He says, number one, he says this, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? When you see the word forfeit, think of it this way, suffer the loss of. 
So to reread that, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet suffer the loss of their soul? To suffer the eternal part of who we are. Now, it's a rhetorical question, but we kind of understand the implied answer, right? The implied answer is that what good is it? It's not any good. I mean, that's what he's saying. And the second rhetorical question he's saying is this. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So what could you give to um, trade for your eternal life, for your eternal part of who you are? Jesus is saying, and he's, not, he's implying, there's no answer, no one's answering him, but we know that the answer, what can you exchange for your soul? Nothing. Nothing. And so what Jesus is saying is he's saying that there is something that is more important than anything else in the world. You could have everything in the world, all of the power, all of the possessions. You combine all of the richest people in the world combined, it would not be more valuable than your soul. I don't know how to get that across any more than what Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit has to do something inside you to say, you know what, what's most important in my life is my soul. We bounce to Psalm 49. Psalm 49 kind of, um, kind of like unpacks what Jesus is, is saying here a little bit more. It says, do not be overawed when others grow rich, when the splendor of their houses increases, for they will take nothing with them when they die. Their splendor will not descend with them. Though while they live, they count themselves blessed, and people praise you when you prosper. They will join those who have gone before them who will never again see the light of life. People who have wealth but lack understanding are like the beasts that perish. And I think what Jesus is saying is that when it comes to his passage in Mark and in what he's saying is that it's this last line. The people who, who choose life now to focus everything back to them and live a self-centered life lack understanding. And they're like an animal, where an animal looks out for itself and only itself. And Jesus is saying, if you do that, you lose later. I think, um, for me, the challenge question is this, and, and this is right away what I want you guys to wrestle with. If Jesus is right, if Jesus is right, and your soul is the most important thing ever, what does your commitment to investing in it look like? So there's some of you here that I, you got to start with the if Jesus is right. You may not be have, like on board with him. You may not necessarily have crossed the line of faith, or you may still be checking him out and listening a little bit and watching what he's saying. But if he's right, and some of you believe and you've given your life to Christ, and you say, now, okay, Jesus, what are you saying? If he's right and my soul is the most important thing in my life, it's infinitely more important than anything else that you're doing, then what does your commitment to investing in it look like? Investments, um, I mean, I'm guessing that there's several of us in the room that probably have investments in the market that you're saving for retirement or some sort of, of, of purchase or something that you want to do in the future, and you could prove to me right now that you have made an investment by simply showing me a piece of paper and a statement that says, this is where my investments are. You could log on with my computer and you could say, Joe, here's my investment. I can show it to you. Here's where it is. 
black and white. Commitment. There's unspoken commitments that you have already made. You haven't told anybody, you haven't written them down, but you've made commitments. Like, for instance, does anybody have a job that they need to go to tomorrow? Raise your hand real quick. You got to work tomorrow? All right, cool. You're going to go to work? Yeah. Have you told everybody that you're going to do that? Have you written it down? You're just going to go, right? Um, those of you who are parents, you are going to um, provide for your kids this year, right? Now, you didn't sit down with the kids and be like, all right, kids, um, just so you know, um, we're going to go ahead and continue to feed you in 2018 um, and make sure that you have a nice room and a warm bed to sleep in. I didn't want you to worry. We're going to do that this year. No, we didn't do that, right? This is unspoken. Like, there's a commitment that's happening. Um, hopefully, most of us have made an, uh, an unspoken commitment to personal hygiene this year, right? So we're going to shower this, this year, at least maybe not the eighth grade boys, but most of us, right, are, we're, not, we're not saying, just so you know, everybody, I'm going to clean myself at least consistently, all right, so I don't smell. We appreciate that, all right? Now, those of you, you're, you're going to brush your teeth, you know, somewhat consistently, you know, twice a day, right? Right. And you're going to floss. These things are things that, you know, these are things that we're, and we appreciate that you're showering. I don't really need to know. But this is something that we've made a commitment to. I want you to think about have you made any internal commitments? You haven't told anybody. You haven't written it down. But you've made an internal commitment to investing in your soul. You know, have you, have you, are you just of this attitude that you're like, you know, what's going to happen is I am going to be at second place if this is your home, and I'm going to be here every single weekend bar none. I am going to be here. I, as much as I get up every day to go to work, I am going to spend time with God every day. And I'm going to, I don't, I don't even have to say it. I don't have to write it down. That's just what it is. Some of us are like, hmm, no. And it's going to be important for you to write that down. To make a commitment by writing it out and saying, this is what, it's, this is what needs to happen. So um, what would happen if you were to make a commitment to investing in your soul? Um, you know, how would your personal life change? How would your habits change? Your life at home change? Your relationships change? Your finances change? Your health change? How would that change? I'm going to tell you, it would change a lot. Is it going to get perfect? Is it going to get awesome? I don't know, but it's going to get more clear. You're going to have more clarity when you prioritize investing in your relationship with God, and you're going to be able to see these things differently. You're going to have revelation about your finances and about your health and about your relationships because you're prioritizing what matters most. Are all these things important? Absolutely. They're absolutely important, but they're less important than your soul. So, Jesus, uh, again, you have to decide, am I on board with this guy? But he then says and supports what I'm saying, and this is why I'm saying it to you, is it's not my own thought. In Matthew 6, he says this. He's talking and kind of responding to a, worry, a worrying um, dialogue. It's what do you, the people are worrying about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and all that stuff. And he says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom 
and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So, this is the moment where we kind of like bounce a little bit. And Donna, I'm thinking there might be a little stack of some calendars there on the high top table, or maybe not. There might be around. If not, that's okay. Um, there's one there. We'll get, we'll, oh, there you go. Tim has them. Um, don't give those out yet because they're a distraction. But here's the, here's the opportunity that we have. And here's what um, we kind of have, whether this is your first time here, especially if this is your first time here, or if this is your hundredth time here. When we do what we're doing right now, we're, we kind of have this social agreement, all right? And the social agreement is that I'm going to come to second place, if this is your home, and I'm going to sit here in an uncomfortable gray chair for a certain amount of time. And even though I don't really know what Joe's talking about, God's going to hopefully speak to me a, a little bit of a nugget. And I'm going to maybe be challenged a little bit. I'm going to get something out of it. Like, it's worth your time coming out here. And you don't know what songs Josh picked. They're good. They're good ones today. But you don't know. And, and you're going to sing, maybe, and you're going to worship, and that's going to be good. And, like, somehow, some way, we're making some sort of social agreement here that this is going to be a good thing for all of us. Is that fair? And a lot of times, I'm going, like, man, I would really love to be able to move all of us together in a particular direction. And so that's what I'm going to throw down to you right now. And so the next few minutes, I am going to throw down to you where we're going in 2018. All right? And we're going to kind of look at that. And I want to look at it a couple of different ways. First of all, 2018, the theme is going to be advancing faith. That is going to be kind of like an overarching theme and, and thrust for us to say, we are going, we want anybody on board, we want to be different in December than we are right now. We want to grow in our faith over the next 12 months. I hope that you're on board. That's what we're here for. We want to advance our faith. Secondly, what we're going to do is we're going to split the year into three pieces. And it's not going to be by quarters. A lot of, that's how we think about the calendar a lot of times. But you got to think about, this is our eighth year. you got to think about the rhythm of what happens in this place. And I'm telling you what the rhythm is. It's this. We go in trimesters, in four-month chunks. So January, we start to see some college students show up, right? Some of them are here today, and we're here this morning at the 9 o'clock. And we, we're going to go from January, February, March, and April. Those first four months are going to be a block of, of focus, and we're going to call that taking ground. That's going to see what I did there? Advancing faith, taking ground. First, get that. You see? Theme to an extreme. Talk to Sarah. She's crazy about that. And then the second group is going to, uh, a piece is going to be May through August. And May through August, we kind of see the college students go um, back home. And then we're going we're gonna to gather and we're going to grow over those four months. And then they start to come back in September. And we're going to go for another push through December. Fair enough? So what we're going to focus on in the next few minutes is simply the first 120 days, the first January through April. You really only got 113 because it's January 7th. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to focus in four different areas. And I'm going to say this. These four areas, if you engage in each one of the four areas, you will grow in your faith this year. You will. And the first area is in your beliefs and your attitudes, all right? Your beliefs and your attitudes, I'm going to give you kind of the four categories fairly quickly. Your beliefs and your attitudes are what we believe is true and real. 
it's not about necessarily believing that the earth is round and, you know, like, okay, like, that's cool, I get it. It's not really about that, even though you can't prove it. I mean, no one circumvented the earth, right? That, then here, you know, that'd be awesome. Like, talk to me afterwards, I want to hear about that. But, you know, no one's done it, but we know it's true. It's not really about that. It's not really about believing irrefutable truth. It's about this. It's about entrusting our faith and our lives to an ongoing relationship with Jesus. Let me say that again. Our beliefs and our attitudes are about entrusting our lives to an ongoing relationship with Jesus. And so that's what we're going to be focused on in that particular area. The second area is going to be um, organized activities. Organized activities are going to be what we focus on. What, what that means is it's going to be anything that second place organizes for you. Um, if you call second place home, this place is the most influential, organized influence in your life when it comes to your faith. Now, let me get this straight with you, right? So many of you are like, well, I listen to this podcast, and I have a devotional book, and I have a good relationship with somebody else that I'm hanging out with all, all the time, and I connect with these, this small group. That's cool, but you know what? What I'm saying is that's kind of like peripheral stuff, but when it comes to organized activities, second place, if this is your home, this is the most influential organized thing in your, in your spiritual walk. And so what that means is that we have to be strategic and intentional about what we do. Like, I don't want to just show up and have, like, you know, church and then be like, see ya. We want to be able to make sure that the things that we're putting our time and our resources in are going to create traction for you to advance your faith this year. Are you guys on board with that? So that's what we're going to do. That's organized activities. The third area is personal practices. We're, this is going to come to mostly in the form of challenges, all right? We're going to challenge you to dive into the personal disciplines that grow your faith, that we know that if you do this, you will grow in your faith. Uh, many of you have heard me talk about the disciplines of action and the disciplines of abstinence. The dip disciplines of action would be like worship. That's an action. We're going to worship. Discipline of abstinence would be something like fasting. Fasting is when you remove something from your life and you're abstaining from it. And so those are things that we're going to be tackling. And then the fourth area is outside activities. I don't love that phrase, but outside activities. And I don't mean recess. I don't mean that. But I mean anything that's not organized by second place, but you're going after. Um, this is going to be a little more risky. Okay? So... Um, the riskiness of this is when you do something outside of something that's organized is going to, I could have called it unorganized activities, um, is that you might share your faith with um, the person who lives next door to you, your neighbor. Risky, right? Um, you may uh, let your guard down and share a struggle that you have with someone that you um, are confident in and, and you're, you connect with. It's riskier. So those are the outside activities, all right? So now um, I want to just kind of look at these four areas in the next 120 days. And so um, Ta Donna, Tim, and Dave, if you, I know we might not have enough of these, but I'm going to make sure that there's enough at the end. So if you want one, you can grab one. What you're going to get is a piece of paper that has, I'll go ahead and pass them out. Um, what, however you want to do it, you're good. Just hand one to everybody. Um, you're going to see all 120 days on one single sheet of paper. 
And all of you planners out there are like going to geek out, all right? So this is why like you're going to start writing down birthdays and anniversaries and big important events on this, all right? Which is totally cool, all right? But I wanted you to see a map of where we're going and allow you to kind of like customize it for yourself, all right? Let's start with beliefs and attitudes. As you guys are looking at that, um, beliefs and attitudes, this is, we're going to tackle these mostly in our weekend services and our growth groups. So beliefs and attitudes, um, the idea of a personal God. We know that if you deepen your intensity in your belief in believing that God is actively involved in your life, you're going to grow. Salvation by grace, we're going to focus on believing that nothing I do or have done can earn my salvation. Another belief, the authority of Scripture. Believing that Scripture has decisive authority over what I do and say. And then a couple of attitudes. Jesus first. This desiring that Jesus be first in my life. And identity in Christ. I, the, the idea that, and the attitude that I exist to know, love, and serve God. These five things are going to be what we kind of um, tackle over the first 120 days on the weekends and in our growth groups. And here's what I'll tell you. Some of you are sitting there going, I got all that down. Cool. I'm going to challenge you to say, we're going to see if we can intensify your belief and your attitude in those things. Because all of us, you know, let's just say this. Some of us are going to be like, you know what? I'm not so sure about salvation by grace. To be honest with you, I struggle with that. I'm a big doer. Or I'm not exactly sure that God is, is actively involved in my life. I kind of feel that some days and kind of other days I don't. What we want to do is intensify your belief and your attitude in those things. And so all of us, right, have room to grow in these areas. Are we cool with that? And so we're going to tackle that. Now, that's the first area. The second area is organized activities. These are going to be kind of like mostly represented by opportunities that you're going to have to get involved. Number one, you're going to have an opportunity to join a growth group. That's where we're going to unpack those beliefs and attitudes, and you're going to be able to like kind of allow those to take root in you. And the way that you can do that, you can text GROWTH to 85005, and you can get more information about growth groups. That's an opportunity. The second one is going to be an opportunity to serve at second place. We know that if you choose to step out of your gray chair and begin to serve at second place once or twice a month, you're going to grow in your faith. Third thing you're going to do is um, opportunities or opportunities, opportunity to serve those in need. So we're going to organize, and Dave and the mobilization team, if you remember, did all these Advent service projects that were awesome. We're going to organize some more things for you and all of us to be involved with, and we're going to be able to serve those in need. We know that if you begin to serve those in need, you will grow in your faith. And then the last area, opportunities to dig deeper into spiritual topics Again, this is going to be, this is actually something that Dave and I and the team are kind of like noodling through and figuring out, and I left that part a little bit blank at the end on purpose. We're going to be able to participate in extra classes, experiences, workshops. They're going to be designed for you to go deeper on some spiritual topics. Um, an example of this is something that the students did last year, which was called the Truth Project, and that was a really powerful, life-changing um, teaching that they went through. And so we're, we're noodling through that. That'll probably have its first um, expression will happen sometime in February. That's going to be an opportunity for you, all right? Let's keep going. 
personal practices. This is going to come to you in the form mostly of challenges, all right? Because this is what you're going to be doing on your own. First of all is a 40-day soul workout challenge. That starts tomorrow. Starts tomorrow. And the way that you can hop on board with that is texting PRAY40 to 708-295-3589. You can do that right now. You'll get a text back. You'll be in the group. And what if you did 30 days to Jesus first over Advent, you know what happens. You're going to get a text at 5 o'clock in the morning. It's going to have a link to a soul workout, and it's going to challenge you to read, pray, and interact with that scripture. We've got a whole team that has written those 40 days already and is ready to go. So when you text that tomorrow morning, you will get a text at 5 o'clock in the morning or so, um, and it's going to be awesome. Then that's going to take us right up to our eight-year anniversary, and then Lent begins, and we're going to do a 40-day giving challenge. We know that if you begin, these are disciplines, all right? So the first one is prayer and studying scripture. The second one, the 40-day giving challenge, giving is a discipline. So you're going to be challenged to tithe, to give, and to actually give something up during Lent, because we all do. We're going to give something up, and the money you save by giving that up, you can then save and give at an Easter offering time. We've taken an offering the last two Easter's to give away, and we're going to do that again. And so that'll be an opportunity for you. And then the last is a 21-day a chill challenge. Now, some of you read that and thought it was a chilly challenge. Um, I'm okay with that as well. Um, we can incorporate, it would be a, chill, chill, a chilly chill challenge. Um, but the idea there is the discipline of solitude and reflection are going to be what we focus on for those 21 days. And that'll take us to the end of the 120 days. Those are going to be the challenges. You have an opportunity to jump in on that. Um, that's the third category. And then the last category is unorganized activities or outside activities. And this is what we're going to challenge you to do. We're going to challenge you to reach out to your world at Easter. There may be people in your life who do not want to listen to you talk about Jesus at any type of like hangout or family gathering. They're like, nope, don't want to hear you. But during Easter, they're a little bit more, more open to coming to church. And so you might be able to have that conversation. You might be able to invite them. And so you're going to be able to say, all right, you know what? Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter are going to be invite opportunities for me to reach out to the world around me and get them to Jesus some way, shape, or form. We're going to encourage spiritual friendships. You might hear me say on a weekend to say, you know what you need to do this week? We're going to work on spiritual friendships. I want you to get together with someone else you trust, and I want you to talk about this idea. I want you to share this part of your story. I want you to let your guard down a little bit. I want you to connect. We know that if you make some spiritual friendships, you're going to grow. Next one, challenging you to serve those in need on your own. Woo! Remember, these are more risky. All right? So I'm going to challenge you possibly on a weekend. I'm going to say, you know what? This week, I'm not going to organize a thing for you. Dave's taking the week off. We're not going to organize anything. What I want you to do is I want you to be aware and sensitive to who has a need in your life that you run into this week, and I want you to help them. We know if you do that, you'll grow. Launching a mentoring process is the last piece. We're going to be beginning, we are beginning this just at the end of the month. We're going to build, we've um, got the, the structure built already. Some of you will be um, asked to be a mentor. Julie Boomsma, Dave and I have been working on this. And we're going to pilot it this 120 days. And we're going to focus on students. We're going to offer this to um, just a handful of students, or we're going to work out the kinks, and then we're going to broaden the mentoring process out to hopefully the whole church um, during the summertime. 
We know that if you get into a mentoring relationship where you can ask questions, you can be with someone that's been down the road a little bit further than you have, that you're going to grow. So those are the four areas that we're going to focus on. Those are the four things that we're going to be able to tackle. Is anybody overwhelmed? No? Ah. Deep breath. One, two, three. It's a lot. I get that. And you could right now definitely say, Joe, all you did is just add stuff to my list. All you really did is just filled my calendar up, um, and it's already full. Here's what I would say. I'm not, you're not wrong. Okay? You're not wrong. There's a lot there. But don't forget that all of our spiritual journeys are just overlapping, and we're kind of molding and moving in different ways. And so some of us have different needs in our life right now than others. Um, some of us, I, I don't know if anybody's going to knock out every single one of these things, and that's not really the point. The point is that you are connecting in some way, in a way that you weren't before. And we know that these are the things that are going to cause growth in your life. How do you know? You should listen to the second podcast. AP and I will talk about it. Um, but we know that this is true. Here's, here's what I would say to you. Um, I, was, I heard this yesterday. It was perfect for what I was thinking about. And I was like, this is the point I'm trying to make. So a lot of us think about this. I mean, we think that being productive is what means that we're successful. So we have a to-do list. We knock out all those things on the to-do list. You know, we nail it, and we're just like, oh, man, I feel success. But how many of you know that even if you have, like, the best day ever and you accomplish everything on your list, that at the end of the day, you somehow have another list that came up while you were knocking out the first list? Who did that? Like, Sarah will be like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's 10 more things. I'm like, really? And maybe you do it to yourself. As, as you're working down the list, you're like, I need to write that down for tomorrow. And I think what we realize is that the busyness of life and the tasks of life never run out. So you could knock out everything on your list, and you're going to have another list. So if we think that checking off the list is going to make, make us feel good and feel success, we're fooling ourselves. So what are we trying to do here? Here's what I would say. What your goal is, you might need to write this down, is to get into a flow and a rhythm with God. Where you actually will see and feel success is when you begin to get into a flow and a rhythm with God. So you need to think about what is that flow going to look like this year? Do I need to incorporate, I would say you need to incorporate something, if not a few things, from every one of those buckets. And, and there will be a flow that cre gets created with that. And you're going to be like, you know what, I don't feel bad that I didn't do everything that was on Joe's list because I know that I'm growing because I did some of those things. Our goal is to advance our faith. Advancing Faith. And I want you and I, I want us all to take ground over the next 120 days. And I believe it's going to happen. These 24 hours that we've been praying, it's been a launch pad for this year. It's the foundation, and it's going to be awesome. We're going to be able to see some really cool things happen. My question to you, though, is what is the commitment that you're willing to make? Um, will you deepen your beliefs and attitudes? Will you engage in those organized activities? Will you... Deepen your personal discipline? Will you do some unorganized activities? Will you take a risk, maybe, 
and to reach out to someone. Here's the thing, and the band can come up. Here's the thing about what a day like today is. I've never been in a service like this where it's like, now now you know, all right? And some of you are like, good, I know what we're doing. Some of you don't care about what we're heading towards. But what I can tell you that this is true. If at the end of this year, you are no different and your faith does not grow between now and the end of this year, you have one person to blame. <laughs> Yourself. It's going to be up to you to decide what you're going to do. It will be your choices or your lack of choices that will determine where you end up at the end of the year. God does his part, all right? We're going to do the best that we can and prayerfully get after it, but we can't do your part. One of the scariest things ever is like throw stuff out there and, and organize things and events and, and, and activities and, and pull leaders together and create structure and all that stuff, and then we float it to you, and we're like, I hope it works. But I really do believe that God is doing something super special right now and that people, you guys, are ready. We went, I, I mean, prayerfully consider, we went through the entire book of James for like three months at the end of 2017. That thing was all, that, all that was about was about putting our faith into action, orthopraxy, beginning to get going. And now we're going to advance our faith. And I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit is telling all of us that he wants you to go. He wants you to get into a rhythm with what he's doing in your life specifically. So, um, you're going to decide, and only you can decide what's going to happen over the next 12 months. Some of you are still wrestling with that question, is Jesus really right? And some of you are like, yeah, you know what, I believe he is, but I've never surrendered my life to God. I've been living in the gray for so long. I've never gotten after it the way that this has been laid out. I'm like, this is blowing my mind, and I don't even know what I can do, but I'm going to tell you step one page one is that surrender to God. When you surrender to God, all of this stuff, I mean, Jesus said it, when you seek the kingdom first, all of this other stuff is going to be given to you. And some of these slides that made no sense are going to start to make sense. Some of these things that you're like, I could never join a growth group, it freaks me out. All of a sudden, you're going to take a risk. All these things will start to become more clear, but the starting point is putting Jesus first in your life. So let's stand. We're going to worship, and let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you are awesome. God, you are awesome in this place. You are awesome, Lord God, in this year. Lord, you have already seen ahead and ran ahead, and you've ran back to this moment in time to tell us and to speak to us that there are so many things that you have for us in store this year. God, I pray that we would run to those things, that we would tackle those things, that we would, we, we would when we grow weary, that we would say, God, I'm tired. I need your energy, your power to rise up within me to continue. And you'll be there for us. And Lord, I pray for those of us, and maybe it's you today, you haven't stepped over the line of faith. And you're going to say, you're saying right now, you know what? Today's the day. I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm going to kick off 2018, and I'm going to kick it off by surrendering my life and my year and my years to God. If that's you today, let's pray.
and just follow after me. Heavenly Father, today's the day. I'm done. I'm done trying to figure it out. I'm done trying to piece it together myself. God, I've got a lot of brokenness in my life. Lord, I've, I've messed up a lot of stuff. I've got some sin in my life, God, that I'm wanting to turn away from. And Lord, I turn away from it now. I'm denying myself. I'm turning that from that self-centeredness, Lord. And I want to run and follow after you. Lord, forgive me for the things that I've done. But Lord God, help me to do a 180 now and walk away from those. Those things that separate me from you. And Lord, may this year be a year of advancing my faith. Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Heavenly Father and Holy Spirit, enter my heart. Change me right now. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we just pray, God, and we thank you, Lord, for those that just stepped over the line of faith. And God, that have been struggling with a lot of things, but have made a choice. And Lord, for, the, for those of us that are ready to intensify our walk with you, Lord, I pray, God, that we would have not only the energy, but the focus and the motivation and the inspiration to continue. Lord God, not to, to say we, we know it all, but to say, God, there is so much more for us to learn. There's so much more for us to, to work out our salvation. God, help us, Lord God, to run together that race. Lord, we worship you, Lord God, as we prioritize our soul this year. Lord God, we praise you. We thank you. You are so good to us. We love you, Lord. Lord, I pray that in the next few moments as we worship, that these would not be words on a screen, but Lord, that they would transform us into worshipers, that we would leave behind the lyrics, Lord God, and, and, and allow these to become cries out to you of worship. And Lord, in that moment, when we connect with our creator, what happens is that we are changed, God. May that be what happens in the next few moments because of you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. You know, the Bible begins and ends with Jesus. It's framed in John 1 when it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? And it says, through Him all things were created by him, for him. So it begins with Jesus in Genesis. <laughs> and in the book of Revelation, the revelations of Jesus, it ends with Jesus. And the last chapter of Revelation says, amen, come Lord Jesus. Right. So the beginning of this year to the end of this year, it's to begin with Jesus and we are gonna end with Jesus. And in between, we are gonna to try to get you closer to Jesus. So we're not trying to do things and create opportunities just to fill your schedule, but we are creating things that can fill your spirit and get you closer to Jesus. That's the ultimate goal, right? It's for all of us to move a little bit closer to who he wants us to be and what he's called us to be. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 1.1, it says, 
Christ Jesus, our hope. Our hope rests in Jesus. The world out there, their hope rests in knowing Jesus. And so what we are designed to do is take this hope that is inside of us and bring it to a world that is desperately needing hope, right? And it's found in Jesus. So I want to challenge you this week to bring hope to people. And it could be a cheesy acronym, but helping one person every day. Hope. Helping one person every day. And if we could just bring hope and help one person every day get closer to Jesus by what we do, it'd be powerful, right? Life-changing. So we're going to sing the bridge of this song again. And again, this song goes from Genesis <laughs> to Jesus' crucifixion, right? It's all about Jesus in this song. Now let's just lift our hearts to him, release to him, love him, right? It's all about him. You glad to show surrender. 
Oh, a measure could amount to your desire. You're the one who never leaves the one behind. Father, you inspired the psalmist to end the psalms with a declaration of hallelujah and ended with hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let everything that hath breath bless your mighty matchless name. So Father, I'm praying God that you, Jesus, would anoint your people in this room to touch someone, to help one person each day come to know you, reflect you. Lord, order our steps, order our conversations because of the inspiration that you left us, that you wouldn't leave no one behind, no one behind. Divine appointments this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Amen.